True. Yeah, I don't I don't think we played in the championship, um, which is weird because I, I think we won back to back a few times. So it's not for a period of time. One of us was down like, I, you know, like I would win. Then you would win, but it wouldn't be against each other. For no, whatever it was reason. against Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you already know what we going to do. <laughs> hey, well if you guessing it's me, you guess correctly. I just stay with a stallion. You swear I wasn't a question. I'm, I'm ahead of with that pipe. Call that Nancy Kerrigan. Stay on the greenest greens. Call us vegetarians. Even on that minor league, but we smoke professionally. I do my job exceptionally. On point like a decimalist. The way I ride on a beat, man, I beat up the street. It's done so effortlessly. Yeah, so these niggas can't sleep on me. There's no inception in this bitch. I'm top chef. You top rum and I'm top shelf. No last call. Tell the bartender what you got left. Pull it up. Don't stop there. Hold your cup. Take a shot. Yeah. All night we celebrate because we everywhere and you Welcome to Atlas Bacht, a weekly chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the ten owners in the league. This is episode 14, entitled... Racing giraffes in business suits. Welcome to Atlas Bach, episode 14. It's great to see you, gentlemen. Happy Father's Day. I know we're recording this on Tuesday. Hope you all had a, a wonderful day on Sunday. You all deserve it. Uh, Joe, happy Father's Day. It's good to see you. Good to see you as well. Jack, happy Father's Day. Good to see you. Back at you, big guy. Appreciate it. Good to see you. Hey, Greg, I know you had a great Father's Day. Um, good to see you as well. Yeah, best one in quite a few years. Uh, happy Father's Day, boys. That's awesome. So let's jump right into the games. We had uh, uh, an interesting week. Not a lot of drama like the previous week, but let's go through. We had a lot of interesting things happen uh, during the week, and we're going to start with the Dreamers and the Jack's Wax Packs. And this was a game that uh, really uh, had no drama in it whatsoever. Uh, the Dreamers visited Jack's Wax Pass. They lost. Uh, they scored 43. Jack's Wax Packs scored 59.2. Uh, for the Dreamers, uh, Trumbo, their DH, had six points and batted uh, 321, went nine for 28 with a double, two home runs, four ribbies, seven runs, and three walks. Their catcher, Gary Sanchez, had for Gary a pedestrian week, 4.6 points, but a good point, uh, good point output for catchers anyway. And the Diamondbacks with the most pitching points uh, this week at 12.4. Jack's Wax Packs really is just rolling the competition left and right. And uh, I want to highlight two players here, both Washington Nationals. Uh, Daniel Murphy, he uh, scored 7.2 points in the middle infield. He batted 500, went 12 for 28, had four doubles, a triple, a home run, five ribbies, six runs, and four walks. And Trey Turner did not want to be outdone in the middle infield, so he went ahead and scored 7.2 points as well. Did a little differently. He batted 272. Went 9 for 33, but he did that with a double, two home runs, four ribbies, five runs, five stolen bases, a walk, and even got caught twice. So he was running all day long. Wellington Castillo, your catcher, Jack, put up 5.8 points. Great week from Castillo. Yes. And the Dodgers put up a steady 8.6. So this one, Jack, I, you know, did you even check your scores during the week? Uh, <laughs> I, um, you know me, I'm always, um, you know, looking at what, what I could have done differently or, or improved on. I actually picked up um, Holiday and uh, Kane. As I mentioned last week, I was starting my my playoff preparations, um, albeit a, a little early. But uh, so I picked both guys up. And uh, of course, I started a Holiday who got me a 2.8 while Kane, uh, I think, had a nine uh, on the bench. So I could have uh, I could have done a little better there. You know what? Uh, honestly, I, I'm I'm very happy. It was a balanced effort. My middle infield is phenomenal. I was sitting there looking at that today, and you know, 14, 15 points out of your middle middle <laughs> infield in fantasy is is nasty. And then 
to think that like those guys really are a middle infield for <laughs> a team. Like they, that is Washington's middle infield. Um, it's uh, it's a little scan. They're not even the best players on that team. So I found myself another little challenge throughout the week. Um, and that was trying to, to chase your score, which I got close to. Um, on the other side, the Dreamers, uh, you know, not their best week. Um, I, I got a, a, a good week against Donaldson and, and, uh, and Gonzalez, both under twos. Um, those guys, they still scare me. But that Diamondback staff has been nasty, and they are clicking. I, I, um, they could definitely work their way into the playoffs if, uh, if they can get, you know, the, the other guys, the, the, the fill-ins to, uh, to get them, you know, decent scores. So I made a strong run at the Diamondbacks last week. So I figured, look, they're getting their asses kicked. I was tired of us going back and forth on this podcast trying to figure out, are their heads in their ass? What's going on? And <laughs> so I just went, you know, full frontal assault and pushed them hard. And we were talking Stanton. Stanton was involved in the mix. And they ended up just admitting to me that they think they have a chance at the wild card. And that's what they're going to do. And then they mm-hmm. went and made a couple of trades with Pops, which we'll have to talk about that a little later on because I, I'm still trying to figure that trade out. Well, yeah, I had a conversation with uh, Eldon this morning, and uh, he was talking about that trade, and I was sharing with my puzzlement over it. Uh, but he seemed pretty satisfied with it. But it's interesting to hear the admission that he still thinks he has a chance for a wild card. That's a, that's a new admission uh, that I, I've not heard before. So I, I have a sneaky suspicion that they listen to this podcast and say they don't because we we leaned on him hard last week and suddenly we're seeing some differences. And, uh, you know, he definitely has been reaching out. So, Dusty, Eldon, if you're out there, good on you, man. You listen to a good podcast. And, and I'm rooting for you because at this point, I, I just basically realized that the only thing that's going to keep Tim out of the playoffs is uh, them or Scott uh, or myself holding on to that wild card spot. So go guys, go. To move you on to the next game, uh, let's take a look at Bad Street. They visited Lethal Injection. This is a game that, again, kind of a snoozer. Not even kind of, really mm-hmm. a snoozer. Now for Bad Street, they lost. They they put up thirty nine point four points. Lethal Injection won with fifty four point four five points. Interesting to note that Mikey actually won a game with more points than he really needed. Uh, I was pretty excited to see him waste a few points on this. For Bad Street, uh, D. Gordon, the steroid-doing middle infielder, uh, batted 434. He went 10 for 23 with a double, four runs batted in, six runs, four stolen bases in a walk, you know, total score of six. Uh, Pops moved up uh, on his catcher score. Last week he had a zero. This week he got 1.8. Derek Norris, so uh, big improvement there. And his newly acquired Cubs staff got him a 5.8. We go over to Lethal Injection. Anthony Rizzo, who moved back to first base for this game, actually scored eight points for Lethal Injection at first base. He batted 416. He went 10 for 24 with three doubles, three home runs, eight runs batted in, six runs scored, four walks, and he was caught stealing. Brian McCann, his catcher, put up a solid four points. And the Indians finally started to get back put up some uh, decent points for our pitching staff. They put up 9.65. Rizzo's hot. High HQ, baby. High HQ. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, sure. and I meant he had a good week to play, too. He's, 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 he's also hitting well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah my, Mikey's team um, started to play. Thames is back and hitting again. That's a, a big piece of, um, you know, of the difference for him, you know, between him and, and Rizzo, almost 16 points. So that's solid. Indian solid score, 9.6. Not bad. If Mike's not packing his bags for the playoffs, I don't know what he's doing. That that division is pretty much a, a done deal as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's official, right? So both Pops and Chris have said, uh, I'm done, no mas, and we're, I'm going to play for next year, right? I mean, they've, they've come out and said yeah. that. Some things, they'll still win a game here and there, whether they're trying to or not. They're not going to go winless for the remainder of the season. Right. Uh, that's not a, I'm not criticizing them. I think they made the right choices based on where they're at. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, no, I'm just, yeah, I'm saying that, that 
the 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 other division though is is going to getting more and more interesting. This one less and less interesting, and this game is basically a a, a telltale of of what you're looking at in that division. You know, the, a couple of things that stand out in this game. Um, number one, personally, if uh, if I had a little more faith in in Franco back at the beginning of the season, I probably would have hung on to Healy, and uh, and I'd be enjoying his 17 home runs so far. Um, as opposed to taking the safe way out and going after Longoria. <clears throat> and the other thing is the uh, the Rizzo project lasted a week. It's, uh, if you don't have the guys to make the position eligibility work, then it's it becomes not worth as much. Next game, Funkin' Punks visited the Omission Commission. Funkin' Punks, yet again, visiting team yet again lost, scoring 42 points against the Omission Commission home team, winning with 44.65 points. So the Funkin' Punk's top player was uh, Sousa out of Tampa Bay. He scored 6.2 points. He batted 380. He went 8 for 21, had a double, two home runs, six ribbies, four runs, a stolen base, and four walks. Sal Perez got him 3.8 points at the catching position, and the Blue Jays came back down from their two-week uh, double-digit uh, point scoring to down to 6.05. The Omission Commission is just keeping their playoff hopes alive, and Joe, I'm really interested in what you think about this game. Jonathan Scope. The middle infielder for Baltimore scored 6.8 points. He batted 360, went 9 for 25 with a double, two home runs, seven ribbies, eight runs, and three walks. Uh, Real Muto really you know, put up a stinker at 1.4 points for the week. And the Cardinals pitching staff, 5.25 points. I am shocked that he has not even picked up a free agent pitching staff. This Cardinal staff has been weak all year long. And Joe, I, you're probably whispering in his ear just to keep the Cardinals because, man, I don't know how he can win with that pitching staff week in and week out. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. Um, when I look at this game, I, I look at a couple of things that LJ left on the bench and would have made the difference. You know, there, there's a couple of players there. Uh, he plays Brandon Phillips. There's two points right there that he left on the, on the bench. Uh, Valencia or Morales, you put them in there and you win the game. Well, I look at LJ's team, and I, 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 as you were calling off the names, I hadn't really looked at their benches, and I'm just thinking, boy, who, who do you put in there from Kepler to Sousa to Jones to Reynolds to Phillips to Valencia to Grandison? To, they all seem the same to me. I, I've got the same, same questions every week with my outfield. At least Kutch is starting to hit. He's that staying is a fact. Hot, yeah. That is a fact. Homered tonight. He did. Yeah, two hits, one homer. Let, let's slide over. So St. Locash visited your stadium. And um, again, visiting team lost 44.65. You scored 53.15. So this game was pretty much all week long. You were in a commanding position. You were even able to weather Jose Ramirez putting up a ridiculous 10.4. Went 16 for 31, eight doubles, three home runs, seven ribbies, nine runs, a stolen base, a walk and was caught stealing once. St. Locash's catcher put up, uh, Grandal put up a one, and the Angels, which were picked up on Jack's 10 bucks, uh, 8.25, uh, scored 8.25 points. Pretty darn good. Uh, and Joe, the, the your team, Will Myers, welcome back. One of our favorite players put up 6.8 for you. Uh, went eight for 22 with a double, two home runs, six ribbies, three runs, three stolen bases, and four walks. And that just seems like a typical Will Myers line. That's beautiful. Uh, your two-headed monster of Contreras and Posey put up a 6.4. So big points there. And your Nationals put up a much lower than usual 7.15. I mean, you were up, I think, 13 points last week. Good work there. And, you know, one of the things I noticed about your team on this, Joe, is it was a balanced effort. You really didn't have any anyone go off in, in a ridiculous manner, but everybody contributed at a high level. You know, Greg was talking about McCutch. Uh, giving you six points on there. Myers, obviously, 6.8, but you had Correa with a 5.4, Machado with a 4.4, Garcia with a 5. I mean, all across the board, it looked like that everyone was just doing their job and contributing, and no one really dogged it. And contrary to what I just said, uh, I didn't really leave a lot of points on the bench. I, I could have gotten some more out of the DH position, and consequently, Pujols is not playing there this week. Just hoping for an early return from Trout. What is the latest forecast? July? Is that what I heard? Uh, he wants to be back before the All-Star break. Hmm. Right. He's, uh, he's going to start swinging this week and see how that affects his rehab. 
Swinging. I don't, well, I don't think, uh, you know, adopting an alternative <laughs> lifestyle is the thing to do if you want to get back to the lineup or whatever. They say it keeps you limber. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously, if you take Trout, and, and again, that's that's a, a obviously a big you know teller. You take Trout and drop him into this lineup, and Joe has any distance at all between him and these other two guys, then it, it's it's an, then you know Joe is the best team in that division. You know that said, the other two guys, a secondary class, I think that either of them could easily end up with the uh, with the wild card, um, and and if it ended today, it would be one of them. Um, with the wild card, you know, anything can happen. But like I said, you drop Trout into that lineup, um, the way his guys are playing right now. Uh, like I said, there's some, you know, I, I, you can only not believe in Mustakas so many weeks in a row of uh, four and a halfs and fives before you just give in and say, okay, he's, you know, he's back. He's good. He's solid. Um, you know, McCutcheon, you, you almost started to get used to expecting mediocrity out of him. Um, and, uh, so, so, you know, when he started, you're like, Oh my God, Hey, I'm getting points out of McCutcheon, which is just a weird thing to, to even go through. Um, but you know, now it, it's, he's stabilizing and, and continuing it. So, um, again, you just, you know, uh, I think Greg put it last, you almost added a, uh, a, an all-star outfielder if he can keep it up. So, um, yeah, Joe's team definitely scares me moving forward, especially thinking, you know, with the realization that his best player is, uh, is still not playing for him right now. Well, what's your, what's your thinking on, I'm, I'm curious about this. What's your thinking on, I've got two, those two of those players you just mentioned, Mustakas and McCutcheon are prominently being, uh, bandied about as, as trade bait. Does that help them or hurt them? By you or by Major League? By the Major League. In Major League, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always a good – in fantasy, I always want a guy that's being, you know, talked of and, and or talked about G- generally. I mean, I guess if you're an emotional midget, it could get to you. Um, but for the most part, generally, um, you know, you, you'll see a rise in stats. They'll, they'll put a little extra – uh, kick in there for whatever the case may be, and especially when they go, it's not uh, it's not as important in my opinion as you know final year of of contracts, um, but it is it is something that come into play. I guess it it has negatively affected guys as well, though. I guess um, I, I now I'm thinking back on a few. See, I, th- no I think other... what what I wonder about is where they actually go. You know, if if well, the, I, I, those two guys, those two guys, I, you can't get. I mean really between the parks, the teams, the talent around that, it's not going to go down. Probably the chances that McCutcheon, well, I don't think so. Either. Worse I, situation I, than Pittsburgh yeah. is, you know, what's it going to be a fucking Philly? <laughs> I heard Moustakis to the Red Sox. I would like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kung Fu Panda just went on the DL tonight. So did. what? De- yep. <laughs> Ten Devin, Devin Marrero, uh, uh, is is uh, at Kauffman Stadium today? They 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 called them up, but I don't think that's a for a playoff team. I don't think you have a a you know twenty year old kid or nineteen year old kid, excuse me, uh, who still hasn't even grown into his body yet over at the hot corner. So for me, when I heard Mustakas to the Red Sox, I was pretty excited. I would be too. Yeah, I would be too. Great discussion. On to the last game, we had uh, Mister Blonde's heroes visiting forty seven Ronin. And um, this was a tough loss for the Blondes. Uh, he, he was on a bit of a run there and lost 49.15 to 65. Uh, this is really interesting. Uh, the top players for each team were part of a preseason trade. So Jose Abreu uh, put up a 7.4 uh, first baseman for Mr. Blondes Heroes, uh, batting 413, went 12 for 29, two doubles, a triple, which... That guy's huge. Like that must have, what he hit it through the wall. I don't get it. Uh, hit a home run, nine ribbies, seven runs, and two walks. Matt Wieters put up a three point six. You know, Matt Wieters is like the human mean of catcher scores. Like it seems like every week, whatever the averages of the other seven catchers, that's what Matt Wieters scores. Uh, and the Yankees, well, the Yankees finally let you down at six point three five. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and I only have myself to blame. My um, my two highest scoring players were both on my bench. You know, they were my my uh, guys who I picked up in uh, you know waiver wire acquisitions here. Uh, mm-hmm. Logan Morrison and Matt Adam, and they've both been hot of late. And I, you know, I looked at some metrics that led me to conclude that 
that they wouldn't have great weeks. And I was just flat wrong, you know. Oh. Um, Morrison looks, my God, I mean, you know, there are late bloomers. We were talking about it last week. Maybe he's a late bloomer. You know, uh, maybe he's on drugs. Who knows? But uh, as long as he keeps hitting, uh, now he's in the lineup, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're both back in the lineup and, and uh, off to good starts this week, too. And Logan you- Morrison be a post, 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 post hype sleeper. Like, I, I, he was, remember we, he was in our league when he was 21. He's 29. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he's doing what we thought he was going to do at 23, 24. There, there's something weird going on in Major League Baseball, guys. Like, there, I, I don't know how to explain it. But well, it's that launch angle thing, isn't it? I, 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 mean, I don't know. I, I there's something weird because it's it it, it may be, but I it, I mean, there's just so many strange things going on with power numbers this year, and the players that are hitting it, it it's what? super strange. Like we've got these really young guys, and then we have these guys that have been around forever that really have have never hit. I. Like Yonder Alonso. Like Yonder you know, I had, Alonso. I, I had them both. I traded yeah. Yonder away this week, but him and Morrison were very similar players. Yes. I mean, Alonzo a little no, higher a average. Right. Matt yeah, Adams. I, yeah, Matt. Well, yeah. Matt. Yeah, he had power, but he. But Matt, you can. I, I can kind of make sense of it in my mind because Adams lost weight coming into the season. You know, he he worked on his conditioning. Mm-hmm. The guy always had a little thump, and now he's maybe worked on his conditioning sufficiently, but. But Morrison and, and Yonder Alonso, I mean, those guys must have each had, uh, you know, 5,000 at-bats in the majors or, or 4,000 at-bats in the majors. And, and they are, I mean, Morrison had a 20-plus home run year, I know. Um, but but they're, I mean, they're they're on 40 home run pace, both of those guys. No, it's, there's definitely, we're, we're on pace to, to break the record um, and then some in Major League Baseball. This is by far... Um, the most home runs that uh, that we've seen in a season ever, um, and and again they they I, I've, I keep it's coming up more and more. They're going back to that that All Star game mm-hmm. um, that that Tim brought up, and and since then, um, in fact, that same uh, site actually I, I was reading some today about the the ball and and being juiced again mm. and um, bringing it all back up. Um, but yeah, they're they're. I mean, this year specifically, even more so, and, and it's been slowly inclining. So maybe it's a combination of these things, the the realization of launch angle with the juiced ball, with the. But yes, we are we are seeing a, a, a surge like like we haven't seen before, even during the, the craziness. Uh, it's so. just it's just this feels very strange, and you know to see rookies come up and do what they're doing. So you know we've talked about Judge, but have you guys been watching it? What my rookie first Bellinger. baseman Bellinger's doing nasty. Oh yeah, it's crazy. It it's it's bonkers. quickest ever. Yeah, quickest at fifty one games, twenty one home runs. He's um t- tops made a uh, special baseball card for him today. It's on sale today and tomorrow till five o'clock p.m. and then it goes away and it'll never exist again. And um, it's it's what do you what do you get? Too. Cell phone alerts from Tops? Or <laughs> <I don't laughs> know that. They were talking about as it I'm listening, like where, oh, okay. where the fuck do I get one of those? Yeah. Like I was uh, totally top, into tops, it. Tops. Jack hangs out at Seven Eleven. Yeah, yeah they were actually talking about it on uh, uh, shit. I think it, it might have been Reynolds talking about it. But anyway, yeah, that they, they um, uh, twenty one home runs in fifty one games, the the fastest ever. So yeah, while everyone's over here watching Judge launch them, and he does, um, this kid's over here, <laughs> and again a Dodger. Uh, these, these guys just—it's ridiculous the the young talent that they shove into this league year in year out. Well, and well, he's doing are, are it in we... Dodger Stadium. He's not in a freaking, yeah, no, you know, the opposite way. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not like Judge, where you you know you hit a long fly and it it goes out of that little band box. I mean, he's he's slugging home runs and he's got the weirdest bat stance. It reminds me of the Nintendo baseball games where they had the Japanese players and they had that one Japanese player that had a straight up stance. You ever see Bellinger has the weirdest stance. I haven't noticed. Is it Craig Council like? No, he just he literally stands straight up. There's no bend in his knees whatsoever, and the bat is up. And then when the, the pitch comes, he bends down and then and hits it. They um today we're talking about his um the the thing that stands out the most for um 
uh, with the veterans and the coaches and so on and so forth is um, just his his baseball knowledge. It's it's not you know he got called up because of an injury. He, mm-hmm. he was not supposed to be here yet. There, that wasn't the plan. And um, so you know the last thing they expected was for for him to to be as knowledgeable of the game as he is for as young as he is. Uh, and they're saying that, you know, obviously the, the 21 home runs are impressing them as well. Um, but uh, yeah, this guy's not going anywhere now. I mean, he's pretty much locked. I mean, it would take a, a huge, huge change in, in, uh, in the direction to even consider setting him back down. Well, Jack, what do you think that means? His baseball knowledge is off the charts. I mean, well, he, uh, his dad played. Well, like, what, his dad was I mean, by the time you, uh, I mean, by the time you get to the majors, if he's 20, 21, I mean, well, I know, not, but you, you've been playing baseball your life. He, he knows yeah. where the cutoffs are. He, he knows, you know, I mean, what, what, what do you learn? What, what, what baseball knowledge do you acquire at the major league level? Um, other than, you know, what, uh, what crash Davis told nuke on the bus about how to, you know, answer vaguely during interviews. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me kind of put it this way. So you've been in management and leadership positions for 15 years, right? Have you yep. learned anything over the last six months? No, <laughs> he's, he's already perfect. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're learning all the time for sure, right? And you're and what you're learning over the last six months was very different than what you learned when you knew you had to make sure people showed up on time and produced the way they produce. In other words, if if and now one of the reasons knowing about your work history and how you were able to advance so quickly, your knowledge of management and dealing with people was advanced, which is why you moved so quickly. In fact, you jumped a level, much like Bellinger, quite frankly, now that I think about it, Greg, from the, in the yeah. management ranks, you are, you know, Bellinger-like. <laughs> but I think the other thing is, is that, um, you know, one Pops thing, you, calling. <laughs> we'll do a one minute card um, that, that, you know, when you, so having coached uh, primarily lacrosse, but having coached the, the, the kids of coaches are advanced more quickly. They're able to assimilate what you're saying and put it into action more quickly. And so Bellinger, I think with his dad having played in the major leagues, which is the pinnacle, right? The adjustments that the pitchers are making, it's as if Bellinger knows what those pitches are. If you look at a heat map um, uh, with, that has, I think it's 12 squares in it, the, the way they lay it out, he's got one square that is under 350. So it's as if he's aware of what the pitcher's plan is against him, whereas most kids his age are just trying to put the bat on the ball. Uh, There's one other thing I like about this kid, and it has nothing to do with, it has much more to do with aesthetics. But in professional sports, I was just thinking about growing up in the 70s and all the different batting stances and in football, all the different you know, ways a quarterback's through. And it just seemed like there was a lot more personality in the way people approach their game. And it seems like now that's been kind of ground out by 95% of the, of the game. Uh, most batting stances look exactly the same. I mean, I remember getting up to the plate when I was a kid and Carl Yastrzemski, he would spin his bat around in a very weird way. And I, 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 I practiced that because it was so, it was such a signature move. And it wasn't a signature move in terms of like, I'm going to copyright that and you're going to pay me if you use it. It's more like he grew up doing that and got comfortable with it. And what I see with Bellinger is I see this super odd stance that just looks strange. Like, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't hit a fastball. I couldn't hit a changeup on the major league level. And this guy is standing straight up with the bat almost vertical um, and is able to hit fastballs inside. It is the weirdest thing. So, yeah, I mean, and I wasn't, I was trying to be humorous, um, but, you know, I'm genuinely curious, like what, what additional baseball, baseball knowledge or, you know, how, what that means, what that looks like. But to your point, Tim, is it, is it that he can in, or he's smart enough and he's processing what the pitchers are trying to do to him because he's smart or because he's advanced mentally, or is he just better? I mean, does he have better hand eye coordination, a faster bat? You know, yeah, ability well, to 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 reach pitches that other guys can't. You know, nine times out of I don't know. Nine times out of ten, when you got a twenty-one year old that wasn't supposed to be up, that's got twenty home runs in his first fifty. Yes, that's the the situation. He's just yeah, he's quick. He's he's you know a little bit of luck, so on and so forth. And obviously, that exists. No other human being has ever done what he's done in this game. But 
the combination, and that's the scary part is if it stopped there, which it should, then they figure him out. He goes down. They send him back down, so on and so forth. And it's still possible. It's early. And um, Trevor's story, he's not having a great year. But the fact that 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 this this knowledge of the game, the ability to to see the the next move, the next situation, the next pitch, so on and so forth, if that truly exists, and 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 it's the difference between Bryce Harper and every other guy that came up, or you know, there's there's things that separate these guys physically and mentally, their abilities to 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 know what's happening, to to realize the the pitches as they're you know in advance, to to know what's coming, to be able to. There's so much that happens in this friggin' game in such a, a short amount of time, and um, it, again, it's it's you know especially playing it when we're kids and shit to to consider that it's just like Tim's that walking up there looking cool in your stance and swinging the bat. Well, sure, but when you get to this point in the game, and and you know you got uh, uh, well, I guess he doesn't have Kershaw, but you got Max Scherzer, you know, bearing down on you. Um, it's, uh, it's, a it's, there's a whole lot more to it than I hope I hit this, this ball. So, um, yeah, but to go back to our original line of kind of conversation was some, Tim was saying something weird's happening and Jack, you're saying that we're on a record pace for homers are, are, you know, and, you know, and yeah, Bellinger's talented. He didn't come out of nowhere. Judge didn't come out of nowhere, Gary Sanchez, but you know, they weren't like, you know, crushing records in the minor leagues and they're just, and they're just, you know, and, and, you know, maybe I know we've talked about it over the, over the series that like, is it a nutritional thing? Is it a, is it a physical training type of thing? Are we naive though, to not even be discussing? I know we've talked about it joking and, and we think about the name of our damn league. You know, are we, are we naive to totally uh, discount the possibility that there's a new, more sophisticated way to cheat or to, blood dope or you know there something could like be. that there could be well joe said it you rocked my world he said it probably six or seven episodes ago we're in the new ped era we just don't know it yet like we don't know what it is so um it's pretty cynical and dark when you really think about it but it's uh you know it's <laughs> um okay well just to finish this up uh edwin encarnacion did score a 9.8 yeah he uh He's going to go nine for twenty-three with four home runs, ten ribbies, ten runs, eight walks, and a and a, and a single, <laughs> just for good measure. Clearly <laughs> motivated to face his old team that cast him aside. That uh, maybe maybe that shifted. I love his parrot run too, man. I love that. Travis Darno put up a meager two point two for my catcher, and the Astros put up more than the Cubs, which is all I wanted at uh, eight point six. Dude, you scored sixty-five points. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> ridiculous yeah it's um you know you've it, got 23 right now yeah yeah this week's already over it was supposed to be this ex, ex, huge exciting game it's only um, tuesday and carnacy i didn't realize how common this start is for him having nothing to do with cleveland <laughs> um this guy just he's like i don't fucking know i don't know why i wish it would fucking go away i'd love to play this fucking game for the extra month like everyone else gets to but Fuck it. Yeah, that's scary. Um, him making those numbers up for the rest of the season uh, uh, anywhere near the pace that he's on is scary. Uh, obviously, 65 points is just fucking ridiculous. Um, Betts, Blackman, and Harper. I mean, Bellinger now, you just add a fucking eight to your score. I'm fighting to to keep my spot. I, I don't know that I'm going to win this division. <laughs> um, and uh, But I do think you know, expect to go to the playoffs. So at one point I'm, I'm rooting for the dreamers and the commission and hoping that you just hit a couple of stumbling blocks along the way. Uh, you know, with my luck, I'll, I'll be rooting for them all year and, uh, and then have you pass me in the last week of the season and have one of them grab the wild card spot <laughs> by myself on the outside. I don't think in. that's going to happen. Uh, your team I mean, is, this, is, this is a really interesting point in the season where everybody is, we're, we're still, close enough that we don't know who's going to win what I was just going to say, especially in, in my division, you know, everybody's within two games of each other and both of those teams have been unluckier than I, I mean, I have the fewest points against in my division. I have the most points scored, but it's ridiculous how I've been winning some of these games without my best player. You know, you've, you've got a night, you've got a bigger lead than I do, Jack, in your division 
you're scared to death that all of a sudden the Tim's team of, of the last three weeks, including this week, is the one that is really Tim's team, which I kind of thought at the beginning of the year. You know, I, I understand your pain. I mean, <laughs> I, I can see exactly what you're saying. You're rooting for for the Mondays and, and Scotty to catch up to me, but you're also in danger of being passed in a way. No, I want Unless you, you can too. continue no. what you've been doing. No, you're supposed to win. You keep winning. And then, so you and Mike win the division. It's the wild card. There's only four teams that are going to playoffs. Right. Uh, and, and Mike's one of them. So there's, there's three spots. left. <laughs> uh, if you could continue to win, that leaves two spots, one for our division winner and then one for the wild card. Um, at this point, obviously, if the season ended, uh, which if anybody wants to put up a vote, let me know. Um, then I would win the division and the wild card would go to one of those two. I'm not even sure which one of those two at this point. Um, I just know that they're ahead of Tim, uh, but I don't expect that to last much longer. And that's the scary part. So, you know, I just keep looking over there saying, God, I hope uh, that they're not starting Tommy Joseph again. And there he is in their damn starting lineup once again. This is the perfect scenario for it to happen. It's not you up by three games and my team overachieving. Um, it's your team is the team that's supposed to, to win this division. You are the team that's scoring the most points now and you're below me. So that is um, it, generally, yes. Any other scenario, any other team, um, you know, any other division I'm, I'm on top of, I, I'm very little, because I'd rather be Joe right now and give the game uh, and, and be two games up than three games up versus you. Do you two play one another again, or is this the last game? This is the last game. My last game is against Greg. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lucky you. My last game. Well, what we did was. Wait, you're so, saying lucky, lucky. No, Tim I'm saying lucky you, me? Greg. Oh yeah, I, I get to play spoiler. <laughs> and then uh, Jack will play LJ. So it's basically repeat of the playoffs last year. Mm. We'll see. I mean, this is a huge game this week. If this, it, I mean, if I lose this week, my chances for even a wild card. I need, I just need wins, and I'm not. I'm right. not looking. Yeah. At them. Like every move I made was for the wild card. It's to beat. The Mission Commission, the Dreamers, and anyone else in the division. That that that's. I don't even really look. I mean, I see you on the top, and I I grimace. But um, yeah, I could see you say you were probably saying that until the end of baseball yesterday, and then again, I know it's Monday, Tuesday now. Um, but yeah, it, with you know, you're up by quite a bit. If you yeah, if you lose this week, then yes, uh, then right. I will. I'll, yeah, there's there's you know, seven games left. You're one game out of the wild card. Right. No, no, that's what he's saying. He he expects to, yeah, yeah, he's preparing for the wild card, but I I still see a scenario after this week. uh, And I guess my team is starting to come back a little bit tonight. Um, But, uh, you know, uh, if you continue this pace, I I will not be able to keep up. And uh, by the end of the week, you'll be two games down. And then, you know, now you're, you know, two games with, uh, you know, you could definitely make it up. I'm not confident at this point. Um, I'm obviously worried about my guys and, you know, if if I score fifty nine every week, then I expect to win most right. of the time. Um, and um, you know, so that's basically what what I'm trying to do now. But looking at it objectively, do you expect Tim to keep up this pace? Yes, a future book to be written by Tim Moscato. It's called "To the Mean." What is it? Uh, the yeah, um, regression. Regressing. Regression. The yeah. They, yep, there you go. So, um, so Tim's. Team has had guys that have done so poorly in Carnacion. The expectation is now that they're going to start clicking. All of a sudden, he's going to start scoring. I, I could definitely see Tim in the 50s for more than half of the games left. So, <clears throat> as well, I think that's Murphy possible, but I mean, that's baseball. I mean, the Cubs are not, they're not, they're under 500. I mean, I, you know, it takes one injury, one cold streak, mm-hmm. you know, one. You know, teammate uh, carelessly wrecking and killing himself in a boating accident that canceled sure. games so you guys can't play that could cost you. Sure. Uh, well, anything can happen, obviously. But yeah, but he's he's done a good job as well of, of beefing up his, his bench. And that's a big deal, too. So when you talk about injuries, yes. So you look at, at Tim's score and you say, you know, this week, you know, he's, he's already at, at 23 uh, points. So what happens if he loses one of his outfielders? Well, this week, the answer is he puts in Charlie Blackman. So the fact that you can afford to put Charlie Blackman on your fucking bench ever 
uh, means that you have a, a, a pretty stocked team. Bellinger, Why would you put that it's... magnificent beard on your <laughs> fact that he's been down and, and I expect it to continue the depth of his team now. Um, and, uh, and then the, the, the new ads that nobody expected. And then don't forget, he just went and got a staff. Well, that's the plan. Obviously I want to make sure that staff uh, pays dividends, but let's, uh, let's take a break here. Go ahead and get some refreshments and come back and bullshit a little more. So Tim, the um, you know, me and Tim usually get into these. I don't know, um, you know, for whatever reason, he's been the um, my 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 nemesis, and um, you know, now <clears throat> it's weird because I I don't remember a scenario like this where I'm up on him by a, a slew of games trying to hold him back. It's usually a, at least you know back and forth situation, or I'm trying to catch him um, as of late, and uh, so. You know, going into, you know, as the week went on last week, like I said, I, you know, I had was up by so much that I, I just, I wasn't really competing with the dreamers anymore. I was competing with Tim and, and I would get on and that's what I would check. I would look at my score, look at Tim's score. I'm like, oh, I'm catching him. Oh, I'm going to score more. And um, so that's my, my little game now. So then you're like Barry fucking Switzer. Listen to you. Like, <laughs> I wasn't competing with the team. I was engaged in a contest with I was competing against. <laughs> possibility <laughs> just right so then, so then I, I go and uh and i'm very nonchalant now and, and you know I'm, I'm winning by you know loads of points and and which is you know it's always comforting going into the weekend knowing that it doesn't fucking matter how bad your guys do and then i noticed that i played him and i was like motherfucker <laughs> immediately like all of last week came back I'm like god damn it i might have played this a little different i might have said this differently if i I didn't fucking realize it was coming so quick. So, um, so then all of a sudden now I have this extra stress on my lineup and I'm like, Oh fuck. All right. Let's see if, if it's possible to get an extra jab in, I try. So I wanted to start the Red Sox. It would have felt better if I beat Tim using the Red Sox, but Kershaw had two starts this week. So I had to go with Dodgers. But um so Desmond was the last guy I had in my lineup that I took out. So he'll be the the one to watch if uh I had Desmond in and I took him out the last minute. So we'll see. You're like the Sun Tzu of uh fantasy sports. <laughs> he, this is what this guy is so far beyond, right? Oh, that he has to find games within the games to keep himself interested. That's not and, true. He he is no. This is the like he does look at that stuff and he will make roster decisions based on previous trades. If you like the player, don't like the player. I told myself that if every one of my position players didn't beat my opponent's position players, I would put a clothespin in my the soft part of my armpit and wear it around. <laughs> this year seemed like it was going to be a lot closer all the way through. I didn't expect teams to to be shutting down or throwing in the towel. Although I didn't pick my brother or, or LJ or Mike's dad to win. That does seem to be closing down a little earlier. That said, there's a lot more, um, you know, there were, there were seasons where, you know, me and Tim were already talking about the playoffs, you know, between the two of us at this point in the season and been built up over the years. It used to be Mike, for whatever reason, me and Mike had this, back and forth situation and uh, and then Tim kind of uh pushed Mike out of the way and took his role and uh and then ultimately took my role because um you know Mike was was the winner in the league for many years uh, kind of passed the torch on to me for for many years and now like I said Tim's the uh become the the guy that everybody wants to take out um so again it's weird to to have the you know at one point I look at the records and, you know, I start feeling bad for the fucking guy. And then I'm like, wait a minute, hold on a second. This is the fucking, he would cut your fucking throat for fantasy baseball in fantasy baseball only. I, I think it was uh, LJ said a couple weeks ago, you know, taking money from your friends is way better. Like that, that's just mm -hmm. so mad. I just can't get it out of my head. You know what he said. 
I know sometimes I'm, I'm little boy blue. I'm crying, you know, over, you know, what's going on. But the reality is, is that, uh, you know, it's a fun sport, but I'm always chasing Jack. I, I, I always am. I, I'm having my little run right now. Um, although this year, I, I appreciate it, Jack, but this year I'm just not making the discipline moves like I have in the past. You know, there's been a lot more emotion involved. I mean, obviously having a meltdown on last week's podcast out there for everybody to see, you know, <laughs> it's like a freaking emotional tornado. Just, you know, oh, poor boy. It's just, you know, it's all me. So, you know, for me. But welcome yeah, to the, the world of full employment. <laughs> <laughs> that said, you're not, um, you haven't panicked either. You've made some moves. You, you've, um, you know, you may have, have um, given up, you know, years down the line, a little much for the Astros, who knows, but, um, but you haven't panicked either. And your lineup doesn't look much different from the lineup that most people pick to win at the beginning of the season. So it's not like you all of a sudden, holy shit, things aren't going well. I got to get rid of Harper. Um, let, you know, let me fucking move Blackman. Let's get rid of bets. I mean, so you, you, you still have the, the foundation that, that was expected to be able to do what they're doing now. And now they're doing it. So, but I, I, you know, you talked about the emotion of this and, and the podcast and the playing the podcast. And I'd be lying to every one of you having this podcast and having a horrible record and having tough losses and not looking good has a lot. I've, I have allowed that to get into my emotional kind of approach like that, that, um, you know, I thought that one of my advantages is that I was fairly stoic uh, about the way I constructed the team. And, and I have not, you know, I, I, I kind of allowed that emotion to, to break through and, and, uh, enter my kingdom. And, you know, you, and you still don't see the Steinbrenner analogy. <laughs> No, I, I did. I totally did. I think money. I think I actually admitted it God, on the damn. last one, which oh, you know. You? Um, uh, I, but you know, I get for me this this podcast definitely changed the way I was. I'm much more difficult on myself. Um, you know, I mean, look, I, I mean, I'm nobody's child, right? Like we're all trying to figure this out. But the reality is, is that it's Tim been cries himself to sleep three nights a week. <laughs> Gentle sobs in his pillow. <laughs> Less lately, but those first, those first handful of weeks were probably rough for the dog. So, and, and look, I'm under no illusions. Like the reality is, is that people want to take me out. It, it also pisses people off that they spend fucking half the summer fucking going through books. There it is. Another home run for Bellinger going through books. And then all of a sudden you just fucking trot into the fucking draft and snatch the fucking next Babe Ruth. So, you know, take it easy on everybody, man. <laughs> I just wish that, that, you know, I and mean, I'm not saying they're not trying, but I, I God, I wish that Scott and, uh, and the dreamers would, you know, try to really seize upon their, their opportunity to clinch that wild card because it almost, to me, I don't talk to Scott really that much ever. Um, but talking <laughs> to the dreamers they're um, it seems like, you know, again, they're not throwing the towel completely, but they're conceding to Tim. You know, Jack, you're almost conceding to Tim. You're up three games on him. And, and see, I don't, I don't get that at all because they shouldn't even be conceding to me at this point. Right. I agree. I mean, they're so fucking close. I mean, yeah. and it is baseball and it, you know, an injury away, a, a deadline deal in the, in the real league has impact. Uh, you know, a trout goes down, uh, you know, uh, gosh, they're, they're so close to being in, in the playoffs that it, it seems a shame that they're not really pushing the envelope. I mean, the other Bauer trade aside, perhaps yeah. what they thought was that I was just going to start losing left and right when trout went down and they were going to win it by default. No, no, the, I don't even think they're thinking about this year. I mean, the, no. the, the, the record that I keep hearing played, we know Scott loves young players, uh, you know, in the Mondays, um, at least to me, they've expressed that no, you know, we can't part with this young talent. It's all about five years from now. It's like, but wait a second, you're, you're, you're in the you're in the chase today. Uh, okay, right, yeah. but but, but they're, they're listen. They're, the the thing is, and and like I said, it's just a very unique circumstance and situation. Number one, the way our divisions are built, and number two, the placement of who happens to be in each division. If they were in separate divisions, if if one of them was in the um, 
uh, Maguire, the Bonds, whatever one they're not, you know, then there might be a little bit more motivation. So if you look at it from, from this example, there's four teams that are going to make the playoffs. If I was on the outside looking in right now, I would want to be chasing me or Mike out of the four, in my opinion. So I, I, I think Joe with Trout coming back and Tim with starting his 60-plus point run, if you're paying attention, I, that me personally, that's, those are the two that they're competing against. They have to either beat Joe or Tim, not me, and, and assuming that I'm winning the division, which is, again, not even a safe assumption at this point, but not me, not Mike. Mike isn't going to affect them. So they're basically competing. So I could see, again, you log on, you look at Tim's score, you're like, fuck, that guy's a game behind me? Or, or is it a game, two games? It's a lot, dude. Well, oh, you're Jack, a game back. You're, a game you're three him, games so. ahead of Tim right now. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about from their point of view. Oh, well, yeah, they're, yeah. they're looking at Tim saying, this fucking guy's about to take the wild card. I could see that. The worst case scenario in this game, other than bragging rights, you get to say I made the playoffs, but is fourth place. Fourth place fucking sucks yeah. because fourth place gets you no money and gets you in the fucking Griffey division the following year. So and I, I would add to that. It's not wrong to say, okay, two years from now, I'm going to be good for five years. If I hang on to this group that I have, why would I break that up to try and win against a team that's better than me right now? And that's what I think. I, I, that's what I assume. I have no fucking no, idea. I don't no, know. You're either. wrong. You're get, you're all wrong, Jack. You're giving them way too much credit. You know, you, 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 you use the phrase, if they're paying attention, they're not, they're not paying attention, but they, they want to build these steamrollers that, you know, these idealistic steamrollers that are going to, just uh, dominate the league and win going away. Dream of that, uh, no pun intended for the dreamers, the dream of that is more appealing than the possibility of scratching and clawing your way into the playoffs in real time, which to me is un-American. Okay, Bockers. Well, fact of the matter is we try to do an interview by text and it went about as well as you could imagine. The positive is we actually got Elton on the podcast, which is a plus, but, uh, well, you listen for yourself and no, it's not great radio, but we got Elden. Okay, so he said sure. So yeah, what do you want to ask? Radio what are you showing? Text, no, no, we'll, we'll, yeah, sorry. So yeah, are we'll, you asking, are you gearing up for a serious run of the wild card? Gearing up for a serious win at the wild card. Run. This is going to fucking serious suck run. to edit, but okay. At serious the run. wild card. Okay, so this just in from Elden on text. My only path to the playoffs is the wild card. So therefore, he thinks Joe's got the division. Just like everyone else, I will know how serious I am over the next two weeks. So that's a no. He's not gearing well, up. No, he's run. he's feeling it out. He wants to see if I lose this week or next week, and and if he gets a game closer, maybe he makes a move. Is it, ask ask him if if what what does it take for him to to think he has a chance? Does it take a couple of losses by me or a couple of commanding wins by him? Makes no I'm, sense. I'm not going to fault somebody for looking at it the way he is. When you're behind, it's different than when you're ahead. I'm ahead right now. I'm I'm thinking, okay, I've pulled out these magical wins. I've got seven wins in a row after starting one and three. Do I deserve some of those? No. Oh, Tim's got an answer. Reardon is very strong in my division and seems to just keep pounding the ball and will be tough to catch. If I if I'm looking at my team from an outside perspective, I see I see okay, I won a I won a game last week with a pretty good point total with a really crappy pitching performance. If I had my normal or or my last three weeks pitching performance, I'm at sixty as well. And and I've been consistently in the same range for a while. And and sometimes that's what it takes to to go through the playoffs. I I you know. I, I'm looking at it from the inside. I can't look at it from the outside. I have no confidence, but I can see why they think that. Bill, if if they don't think they can win the championship this year, 
why would you go all in to try and come in second or third? Well, what a fatalistic attitude, though, Joe. I mean, that that's it's you know, a realistic attitude. I know, but in in real baseball, uh, shit happens, and in teams at the trade, there's a lot of buyers at the trade deadline whose odds may not be as solid as the teams leading the divisions at that point, but the, you know, they recognize that even getting that close, even being in a position to make the playoffs, and then, you know what, you, you catch fire for a freaking week, or or uh, Stanton blows a knee, or... Or, yeah, you know, or, or well, Trout I, I, goes yeah. down like he did. You know, I mean, they got like I said, I I said it last week. They got Sanchez. Like that guy gives you seven, eight, nine points. Then yeah, you could you know essentially beat anybody. Um, you know, in 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 the right week. Um, I I don't I don't hate the 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 board deal honestly. I mean, I you know, Cargo has you know I, he did give up a little bit, but the guy's got fucking eighteen home runs. Whether he's going to continue it or not, but at least he did something. I mean. So I he when he said Reardon is very strong in the division and uh, be tough to catch, I said, I agree, that's for me. I personally think you have a great shot at the wild card. What do you wish you had to be confident in the wild card? And he said, to win the wild card, I need the other teams to keep trading wins. So he that the understanding of like beating each other up. Moscato can't pitch but still scores 50 isn't helping my cause. So he's definitely aware that I'm I'm kind of in the battle with him. So I said, hang in there for a second. Jack and Joe are commenting. Jack and Joe agree with you too. Jack loves Sanchez. He said, I need Bourne to pan out and Sanchez to be a consistent contributor. Sanchez needs to play every game. <laughs> uh, I would like Sanchez to get some more time at first. I need Bauer for six weeks until Freddie's returns. Oh, that's right. Well, I don't, I don't, I guess my, my question is what more could he do uh, outside of, you know what I mean? Like that, like he's Donaldson's back. Um, uh, assuming that that story, all of a sudden you get, you know, he's a tough guy to give up on. So Joe, he has a question for you. He said, please ask Joe how long he believes he can ride McCutcheon. Don't have any intention of not riding him unless he just all of a sudden falls off the map for like two weeks in a row. So he said, Joe is playing all the right matchup this season's top manager in my mind this year. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, Thank him for me. I appreciate Any, that. Anybody that can get five points a game out of fucking Mustakas, fuck. <laughs> That's why I picked Joe to win it all. I'll say it again. Yeah, oh, no, I, I, I um, <laughs> like I said, I, I, I am, um, I'm comfortable the with what grip. they're with what they're doing. Um, I, I didn't, I, I kind of missed that the the board thing, and and again, he's, he, you know, he's not gonna win you a championship or anything, but at least they're making a move. They're doing something. I, I don't know that I would sacrifice my future for this season. Um, shit, I won't do it now. You basically play a redraft style game in a dynasty league. You've adapted that to the dynasty rules. That's it's a it's an it's an interesting hybrid. And we talked about how we couldn't do it together um because we had such different philosophies. I mean it really came down to you know giving up a young talented kid for uh, a, a solid major leaguer. We just could not See eye to right. eye, yet they're two right. paths to the same goal. And quite frankly, you have more hardware than I do over the years. So I, I did ask Eldon, um, has playing fantasy baseball changed the way you watch actual baseball? And he said, yes, I try to watch the game now looking for guys not in the limelight, but that are performing well with upside. I watched five college games the last two weekends. <laughs> nice. So I asked Eldon, Jeter, legend or douche, Oh, Jeter's the man, incredible leader on and off the field, incredible clutch player. Dated every hot woman he wanted, and never ended up on a police blotter in New York. So there, did he say, I, did he so say Jeter was Douche. McCartney? <laughs> Douche. Uh, um, no, <laughs> no, no. Jeter's the man. I can't believe this fucking kid hit another home run today in his Is first at bat. Yeah. Or, yeah, Judge had a home run today. Oh, did he? I didn't see that. Yeah, I've shifted. Four. Sanchez I've shifted. and Judge both at home run. I've moved from Team Judge <laughs> to Team Bellinger. I'm still Team Edward. I love those sensitive vampires. So dreamy. Hmm. It's a Twilight thing, Joe. You would understand. So Eldon said, you've now left my wheelhouse. I know who they are, but I'm not a music guy. He knows who they are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look at Jack's face. <laughs> look, look, that's even like, 
Like, like, like. Oh, uh, I'm all in with Greg now. These guys are fucking idiots. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I know I, I've heard of them, but I'm, I can't really uh, speak to their, if they're any good. He's those, just not a Beatles. music guy, man. He's just not a music guy. Oh, Look, I mean, come huh? on. Eldon was like this. This guy, he went to war for us. He he uh, freaking taken down crack houses in L.A. Um, during the riots. I mean, he's this guy's. He's oh, the fucking I real love deal. Eldon. You know, Eldon and I used to have foot races you know in our business attire i challenged him to a foot race <laughs> we we marked off 40 yards in the parking lot of the of where we were working and we had a foot race in our business suits the rich eyes in 40 and, and, and it was close he beat me he edged me out of the tape he but you know that hit just beating me barely wasn't enough for him because you know he was a he was a very accomplished runner and i was a former runner who was falling on hard times and he he said, I will smoke you in a 40-yard dash. And I was like, I think it'll be pretty close. And it was close. And so then the next week, he, he had us running like three laps around the parking lot in our business attire. I was like, dude, I'm not doing this. You're going to, I mean, it's. You're, you're gonna, so so now, do you, now that you've been eating better and, and paying attention, do you, do you think you could take him? No, I mean, God, no. I mean, uh, I don't. He's not running. I think to the same uh, degree that he was before. But I'm still recovering from my knee surgery, you know. But no, no. Eldon's a. He's built to run. He's a great runner. I don't run anywhere on purpose. He's, no, I mean, you know, I don't know how much you guys know about the Boston Marathon, but you know, uh, they only it's on Patriots Day. Well, they have a they have a limited number of entries every year, and you have to qualify for the Boston Marathon by time, and and that that is no joke for yeah. you know, non elite athletes, non-professional marathoners to qualify for Boston is, is really impressive. Well, he, and, and he's got some getaway sticks, man. Like for you to be that close and he's got those long legs. I mean, every stride is probably twice of your two times mm -hmm. yours. Well, he's not a giraffe. Anything else? Nine feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we start talking about nine-foot-tall giraffes. We know it's time to say goodnight. Good night, everybody. Hope you enjoy the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Bitches ain't shit. Bitches ain't shit. Bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. Lick on these nuts and suck the dick. Let's get the fuck out after you're done. Hops in my ride to make a quick run I used to know a bitch named Eric Wright We used to roll around and fuck the hoes at night Tighter than a motherfucking gangster beats And we was born on the motherfucking Compton streets Peep that shit got deep and it was on Number one song after number one song Long as my motherfucking pockets was fat I didn't give a fuck where the bitch was at But she was hanging with the white bitch Doing the shit she do Sucking on a stick just to get a buck or two In the end she got meant nothing And now she's suing cause the shit she be doing ain't shit Bitches can't hang with the streets She found herself short Now she's taking me to court yeah, It's real conversation for your ass Like every day The pussy was the bomb Had a nigga on spine I was in love Like a motherfucker Licking the proton The homies used to tell me That she wasn't no good But I'm the maniac In blackness The Snoopy's word So I figure niggas Wouldn't trip with mine Guess what got gaffled By one time I'm back in a motherfucking county jail Six months on my chest, now it's time to bail I gets released on a hot sunny day My nigga D.O.C. and my homie Dr. Dre Scooped in a coop, Snoop, we got the news Your girl was tricking while you straight in the county blues Ain't been out a second, not ready I got to do some motherfucking chin checking Move up the block as we creep down the block See my girl's house, Dre, pass the clock the dough and I look on the floor It's my little cousin Daz and he's fucking my hoe I uncocked my shit I'm heartbroken but I'm still looked Man, fuck that bitch Three, four Bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks Lick on these nuts and suck a dick Kiss the fuck out after you're done And I hops in my ride to make a quick run I used to know a bitch named Eric Wright Who used to roll around and fuck the
that shit got deep and it was on Number one song after number one song Long as my motherfucking pockets was fat I didn't give a fuck where the bitch was at But she was hanging with the white bitch Doing the shit she do Sucking all this dick just to get a buck or two In the end so she got mad enough And now she's suing cause the shit she be doing ain't shit Just can't hang with the streets She found herself short Some real conversation for your ass I just can't hang with the streets 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 Like that. <laughs> that's fucking creepy. That's gonna haunt me. But the wake up, <laughs> oh, Jesus, that's creepy. You left your window open again. 